Hello and welcome to Farm D Unscripted, where we inspire you, educate you, and guide you to write the prescription for your life. I am Dr. Bree. And I am Dr. Laquita J. We are your hosts of this lovely podcast. So without further ado, let's get unscripted. What's up, FarmD Unscripted listeners? Dr. Laquita J and I have an amazing guest joining us on the show today. This man always seems to be going viral on the internet. And if you haven't heard of Dr. Martez Prince, you must be hiding under a rock. And we're going to need you to come from up under there, okay? And join the rest of society. So, Dr. Martez Prince is a 33-year-old pharmacist who was born and raised in the small city of Fort Pierce, Florida. In 2010, Dr. Prince graduated with his doctorate of pharmacy from the Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, better known as FAMU. While employed by a big box pharmacy corporation, he identified corporate barriers that prevented him from being able to impact patients in the way that he envisioned. This led him to launch Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center, which is an independent pharmacy located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Dr. Martez Prince created a model that earned him many awards in the areas of pharmacy, entrepreneurship, and philanthropy, in addition to gaining the attention of media mogul Oprah Winfrey, who quoted his work as a model for the country. Please welcome to FarmD Unscripted, Dr. Martez Prince. Yes, hello, Dr. Prince. Good afternoon, ladies. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me on today. I would like to say, first of all, kudos to you guys for um, putting together this podcast. And can already tell this is going to be fun. So I'm ready when you are. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for definitely um, coming on and sharing your story on our platform. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, because you are definitely amazing. You are very innovative and selfless. You have such selfless work, and I love that about you. So over the past years, you have been consistently recognized and honored by your work in the pharmacy profession as well as in the community. What interests you in pursuing a career in pharmacy? Well, I actually started my pharmacy career at the age of 16, and I kind of stumbled upon the whole pharmacy world. I was thinking before that I was going to go into something like law. However, you know, being a teenage boy and following the girls, they went over to the healthcare academy. And so I went over there as well. However, I realized that I did not like blood. And so I'm like, well, I'm over here in this healthcare academy. What am I going to do? Um, after looking at a flowchart and looking at what different professions within the healthcare academy uh, offered, I stumbled upon pharmacy. Went home, told my parents about the whole pharmacy um, interest. My mom actually then introduced me into a my soon-to-be mentor who owned a franchise under the medicine shop. And it was really there where I seen how the community embraced him and how much respect they had for him, which made me want to actually pursue a career in pharmacy. And from there, I just fell in love with the profession. And here we are, over 16 years later, I'm still in the profession and, you know, I've done what I could do. 
<laughs> right. So you said that you worked for a big box corporate pharmacy. What did you envision your pharmacy career looking like before you graduated? And then what was your reality? Well, definitely, of course, I think that in our head, we all kind of paint what it's going to be like when you graduate um, the same way we did when we went to from high school or from middle school to high school. We thought it was going to be like Saved by the Bell and all that (laughs) stuff. So um, and every time you get to that place, things just don't seem to be exactly what you thought they were going to be. Oh, you better say that. That is that is real. So, um, and that's actually like one of the ways that I um, define success. I say success is actually defined by when your reality actually meets your expectation. Mm. But for the sake of this, we're going to go back and talk about what actually happened when I uh, got into the pharmacy world. Well, I actually ended up working for one of the big box drugstores that to me was the lesser of the three. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they had just a little bit more uh, community involvement. They had just a little bit more time for lunch. They had just a little bit more help, you know, um, versus like some of my friends that worked for some of the other competitors. However, that only lasted about a year or maybe even a few months. And as we know, in the pharmacy world, in the healthcare industry, things change so quickly. Yes. Um, you can go from, you know, being required to do this to down being required to complete 50 more tasks in the same time frame. And so what I started to realize was that this pharmacy world was becoming less patient focused and more um, driven by the corporate numbers. Um, we were constantly being harassed about um, performing flu shots. How many flu shots did you get? How many um, did you do these? MTM, did you sign up patients for 90-day refills? Did you, you know, everything was on these metrics. And to me, none of the metrics really identified or correlated with the patient outcome. And so once I started to see that that, you know, was starting to happen, I truly was just more so like burnt out. I'm like, I I just Mm -hmm. don't know if the profession of pharmacy is for me or not. But I said, we'll see, you know. So I stayed in there. I would say this was maybe about my third year practicing as a pharmacist. And I was everything from a... you know, mediator amongst staff because everyone was angry and burnt out to um, trying to just make sure the patients were taken care of. And what I realized was that, you know, I was then, the things that were affecting my metrics according to the corporate standard were things like me taking a little bit more time with the patients, trying to educate the patient, trying Mm -hmm. to get the patient to understand what was going on with them. And so because I was spending more time doing that, you know, maybe the wait time was going up on the prescriptions or, you know, all this stuff, you know, and it was just a lot. So what I realized was that in order for me to to practice pharmacy the way that I wanted to, that I was going to have to make changes. And at that time, it was so crazy. I thought that I just wanted to leave uh, pharmacy altogether. And I was willing to, you know, do anything that was going to allow me to pay my student loans and not have to undergo this stress anymore. Wow. Um, I think that is so important that you that you say that, because I felt the same way when I was in retail I was so tired. I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. Like, why did I go into pharmacy? Because I always envisioned myself more in the community realm. But it was just, to me, like unbearable. The stress that these corporations put on you and you think that you're really going to be helping people. And it's not like that in reality. It's not. Yeah, Um, absolutely. When did you reach your breaking point in retail? Well, I would definitely say what really happened to me was... 
after identifying like the needs of the patients and um, everything, I got to a point where we were so understaffed at my store, and yet we were still now meeting the metrics in which our corporate was requiring of us. And I realized that they kept pairing me with partners who were not competent uh, enough to me to handle the workload that corporate was putting on us, but yet and still we were still meeting these metrics. And what that told told me was that if we're still meeting these metrics and this person can't fulfill these duties, that means that I'm doing most of these things by myself. Mm. And um, that was one of the things that kind of really wore on me and I started taking more vacations. And so then I was only going to work so that I could afford more vacation. And when I left, the patients were so like attached to me that they would say, well, if Dr. Prince isn't there, I'll wait. And when I realized that the patients were just, they believed in me and they really just wanted to only deal with me because they felt confident in what I was doing for them. That was kind of my point where I said, you know what, something has to give. I thought once again, that I was just going to leave the profession of pharmacy. But what I realized is that those patients that I was impacting, I really truly cared for them and I wanted to actually help them and I would miss them if I actually left. Mm. So now I had to come up with a solution as to how I'm going to serve these patients but take the stress and burdens off of myself. So what am I actually going to do? I was having lunch with one of my best friends and we were just like, you know, just kind of eating and talking and laughing and everything and um, venting about our job. And I kind of said, you know what, if I had a pharmacy, this is what I would do, or this is how I would, you know, position the pharmacy to be. And that's why I always tell individuals that if you don't, or you're not working the job that you love, then you have to create it. If you can't find it, you must create it. Mm. And so um, after talking with uh, with my best friend, I realized that I needed to then create the job that I had in my head that I always dreamed of. And that gave me the opportunity to actually create the job, like how we just talked about how do you envision pharmacy? What would you tell the pharmacist who feels stuck at the job and... And then they would like to like pursue their dreams and, and their passion. What would you tell them? Okay. Um, yeah. So I know that in the in this profession, there's a lot of pharmacists that you know feel that they are stuck or they don't enjoy doing what it is that they're currently doing. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say that look at your job that you're currently doing and find out what is it about that job that you actually do like. Find the positives in that job, and maybe you can then start to build exactly what it is that you want to do with your career. I think that we all went into the profession of pharmacy because we enjoy helping people. We like people. One of the things that I realized was that my passion was community, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why community pharmacy is for me. And it's, you know, um, something that I'm good at because I really enjoy the community and helping the people. And I realized while I was at my other job, I wasn't able to engage in the community like I wanted to. Like we didn't go out and do like health fairs within the community. We didn't go out and actually um, talk to that community in which you serve outside of just giving them their prescriptions that drop off and pick up. Right. Or getting some or doing something that's going to just bring the company more money. 
<laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, if everything should be intentional, of course. Right. However, you should find some kind of self-fulfillment in that as well. And so I would say to you, if you're currently stuck at your job and you feel like, you know, this is not exactly what I want to do, think about what it is at this job that you do enjoy. And it could be something as simple as maybe coaching the technicians. Maybe you like your staff. So maybe your next job is you're trying to create maybe something like developing pharmacy technicians, or it might be that you actually enjoy the operations of it. So there's so many different components that you actually may do at your current job that you may enjoy. So look at those items and say, you know, how can I create or develop a career out of this? That's some really great advice. So let's talk about your business, your your pharmacy, Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center. What was the journey like as far as, you know, where a lot of people aren't opening independent pharmacies because of profit loss and things like that? So what was that journey like saying, I'm going to create my own pharmacy? How did you overcome doubt? What's the whole story? <laughs> Yes, this is something actually, you know, that your listeners will be um, very, you know, pleased to hear because that's one of the most requested questions that I get all the time. Mm -hmm. And just to all the people that are, are listening to this podcast, I know you guys send me a lot of messages. However, I do a lot and it is impossible to actually respond to all of you guys. So this is perfect that they actually question on the podcast. Well, the first thing I would say that if you have a vision, remember that if you can think it, you can actually do it. Come on, Dr. If Prince. you have the power to actually develop these thoughts, then it is actually possible for you to carry out this mission. So therefore, the first thing that you want to do is remember you have to put the time and energy into developing this plan that you have. And when you're in the developmental stage of your plan, your future, you also have to be very, very careful with who you expose your dreams to. You have to remember that timing is everything. And so for me, Personally, it took me about four months in order to create Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center. I did not have, it wasn't a lifelong dream of mine or anything like that, but it was something that I thought was very, very necessary. And remember, if you ask God to be there for you and he's in agreement with you, it will happen for you. Come on, and so, come on Dr. Prince. So therefore, you have to first... You know, you ask for that guidance, and once you receive that guidance, you know, the earth is yours and everything that's in it. So, therefore, I put a lot of time and energy into just developing what I envision Premier Pharmacy to be. The other thing I would say is not only do you want to protect your dreams until it's time for others to receive them. When I opened Premier Pharmacy, there was about 40 individuals that received text messages. I still remember the day in which I was actually um, sitting down. I was at a J. Cole concert. All my friends around me were super hyped. And I was sitting here in my notes, drafting out a text message that I was going to send all my friends. Mm -hmm. And the message said something about, you know, I decided to step out on this entrepreneur thing and open up my own pharmacy as a way to serve the patients better. And that drafted message went to about 40 of my closest friends and those were and at that moment that's when they found out that I was actually opening a pharmacy and that's important because during this journey of you going from one thing to the next you're going to have a lot of individuals that are going to you know share 
their beliefs with you. They're going to share that they think it's too much. They're going to try to limit your dreams to their capacity. And so therefore, it's important that you don't always share everything that you're doing um, prematurely, because if you share that prematurely and those individuals put that kind of energy and thought into you, sometimes it's it's, it's easy to just give up. Mm-hmm. But what happens with us as humans, when we receive that information and we've done 75% of the work, we then think, well, it's too late to start over now. It's too late to go back now, so I'm going to keep pushing forward. So it's easier for you to block out that doubt then than it is prematurely when you are just getting into the developmental stages. And so I would definitely say, you know, you want to protect your vision, limit who you share your dreams to or with until it's time. But I knew that by doing research, there was room in the market for me. I knew there was prescriptions out there that were unfilled, that needed to be filled. And I knew why they went unfilled. They went unfilled due to the lack of education, where individuals didn't know why they actually should use these things. They also went unfilled due to the fact that the cost was too high. And so how was I going to fill that market of unfilled prescriptions? Yes. So how do you differ from other independent pharmacies? Well, one, I would say that the number one thing is customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, service will take you a long way. Individuals, when you go out and you start to do your own pharmacy, your own thing, start your own business, whatever it is, you can't forget that you, in fact, still work for the patient, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of people forget. A lot of things like get a little cloudy for some individuals. But you actually work even harder for the patients because now you realize that you really depend on these patients. And if you want to be able to pay your staff, be able to, you know, take care of everything, you have to retain your patients. I knew that patients did not get prescriptions filled due to the lack of understanding as to why they need the prescriptions filled. Sometimes prescriptions will be extremely expensive for no reason. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, we were able to develop a discount card that we're able to offer patients medications at a slightly lower rate than a lot of our competitors. And that was important and it allowed individuals to receive medications that they probably would have went without. And the other thing is just always being creative and innovative when it comes to uh, wellness and patient care. So one of the things that we did was we opened up or we connected or collaborated with a nurse practitioner to bring in a wellness center. Mm. And we now have a place where patients can see a nurse practitioner. So whether they're insured or uninsured, and for those patients that are uninsured, they can see the nurse practitioner for a fraction of the cost it would cost for a full service visit at a doctor's office or whatnot, um, due to the fact that our overhead is a lot less. And so therefore, we could service more patients. We could create a better wellness team. Like we could collaborate with the nurse practitioner, come in on visits and talk to the patient to get them to understand exactly what it is that they um, are taking and why they're taking it and why it's important that they actually be compliant when it comes to, you know, this medication. So that, that was one of the things um, with how we were able to, to attract new patients and then retain the patients that we already had. Having that wellness center has been an amazing addition to our practice because of the fact that 
we're able to offer a wider scope of things. Like here in North Carolina, we could only vaccinate children over the age of 14. Mm -hmm. But having that nurse practitioner on site, we were able to now get the children vaccinated, infants vaccinated and everything. So we can now service the whole entire family and the, and the family don't have to make multiple trips to get everyone covered with the flu shot. So it's like little things like that. Um, people are looking for convenience. People are looking for lifestyle. So we oftentimes use, use the phrase, we're more than a pharmacy, we're a lifestyle. Yes. And that's because we're actually providing patients with the increased quality of care, increased life that they've always envisioned. And so we're, we're in the habit of celebrating wellness versus like trying to get everyone to just have better health. We're celebrating wellness. So wherever you are, we're just trying to celebrate that and get you to the next level. Wow. I love that. So now we want to talk more about your viral ventures <laughs> because um, when I, and this is a confession, Dr. Prince, because when I first heard about you, I believe it was back in 2017 around Black History Month, I believe, so February, um, which is ironic. And people were tagging me in this article about you, this young black man who, you know, good looking and everything and <laughs> open up your own pharmacy. And it was just like, wow, Bree should do this blah blah and, and I just people just kept tagging me in it and I was just like wow and it was just so amazing to see so many people sharing your story and sharing your your journey so how did that come about that first time you went viral well yeah yeah it's, it's always crazy it's crazy now like even now that we're back in Black History Month, um, it's like, you know, I'll get a lot of tags and people share me for Black History Month. And it's just like, um, it's definitely been an amazing thing because it allows for more people to discover us. Mm -hmm. It allows for people to send their grandmother to us. You know, we talk to people from all around the world. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's like my team is so used to it now. You know, it, it, it's, it's a good thing because we get to talk to, I talk to pharmacists from all over. I talk to um, people that just drop in and they're visiting Charlotte and um, it's just been a really good experience. But <laughs> and they come to see you, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's crazy, but um, it's also you know a good thing. We um, we we just we just really been blessed because I mean I remember we opened our doors on October third, um, two thousand fifteen, which actually happens to be FAMU Founders Day. Oh and wow! So and you know that I went to FAMU and <laughs> did you um, like the introduction? I said the yeah, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know we get I, real yes. <laughs> protective <laughs> over the and illustrious. So I tried to do you guys right. justice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so actually, it, it was crazy because it was May when I had developed the concept of potentially opening a pharmacy, and then it was July when I shared it with my family. And by that time, we were thinking I was going to open in August, but we ended up opening in October. I was actually completed and ready to roll out in September, but I decided that I wanted to pay tribute to FAMU for granting me with the opportunity and the degree to do this. So I decided to open the doors on October 3rd, 2015. Like I said, I share, I send a text message to about 40 friends and I had friends that flew in from all over and we had a great week weekend just celebrating the pharmacy. We opened it up with prayer. We were supposed to do the breast cancer walk that day. However, there was a bad storm 
and I was looking for a way to entertain all these out-of-town guests, so I actually created a black tie event for that night. Mm. So it was just 60 friends that I wanted to um, get together, provide dinner for, um, drinks, dancing, just to celebrate the pharmacy opening, because I truly believe that if you want to do something, you have to actually do it. And you have to celebrate it. So I decided I wanted to launch the pharmacy, let the world know. So now that others could hold me accountable for the success of this pharmacy. A lot of times we don't really share what we're doing. and We don't really have a lunch party or a celebration for it because mm. we already have that doubt and fear that it's not going to work. Mm. So I wanted to do that. So that morning we met at the pharmacy. I opened the doors. I showed everyone around. Uh, my family, friends, they shopped. We made about $500 our first day opening with, you know, with friends just shopping and supporting, buying random stuff they didn't need. So uh, <laughs> we we posted pictures on Instagram and Facebook and everything. And we left there, grabbed some food with some friends, and then we were going to all meet back to the venue for the black tie later that night. By the time I got to the black tie, someone had shared, had created a collage of the event mm -hmm. and posted it online. And my phone at that time was just going crazy. I had no clue why it was going crazy, or what was going on. But we had already started to go viral that first night wow. with sharing from the alumni of FAMU. And so with that, individuals just started to... The school posted us on their page, and it was just amazing. So then that Monday when we opened up and had our first full real day of filling prescriptions, we had already had alumni calling saying congratulations and everything, and that really felt good because it mm. allowed us to know that individuals were supporting us, and they knew that we were there. And so that was our first viral moment. And I would say that the internet showed so much love. It was, it was amazing. And that was in October. And by the time I was 29, mm -hmm. and right before I was getting ready to turn 30, I actually did some, from that viral moment, I gained some traction with some other like um, blogs and stuff like that. I did that. And by that time, I started to realize that I could not do all these blogs. And, <laughs> you know, so I started vetting everyone before. But I came across this one blog um, that had requested to do an interview with me, and it was uh, the official Black Wall Street. Okay. And to date, that was still one of my favorite interviews because I remember going to church that Sunday. I was coming, I came home, I was exhausted because I was like the only pharmacist at that time working. I worked six days a week and I was just like tired, you know. Mm -hmm. And I did this interview and I just love how relaxed uh, Mandy was and she was amazing. And then she posted the article on my actual 30th birthday. And I didn't, and she probably didn't know it was my 30th birthday at all. <laughs> but um, at that time, I'm so indulged in what I'm doing at work because, I mean, you know, I'm the only pharmacist. So I'm just like, you know, just, just like doing my thing. And it was crazy because, like, she posted that article and it had went viral. And by the time the weekend came, I was going to an event. Baller Alert had picked up the article. Wow. And then it went viral again and so every so many months this thing will like go viral and we <laughs> joke about it at the pharmacy that I was 29 forever and now I'm 33 <laughs> but like you know I would see articles new articles being posted that says 
29-year-old pharmacist, you know, opens this. And even one time I was a twin because I had long hair on one picture, short hair on another <laughs> picture. <laughs> they put them together. But, you know, the good thing was that we got the attention um, of the public and we were able to, you know, really just get out there and individuals were coming into the pharmacy, we were able to, you know, service them. And that was a really good moment for us. And it allowed us to connect with so many great people. I mean, individuals that wanted to do work with us, like that owned different healthcare practices, we were able to you know, work with them and we were able to grow. We were able to grow quickly. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time I would just say that someone who discovered us through social media actually got us a million dollar deal. Wow. And we were we were able to fulfill that contract and we did that contract for years and we actually still work with that contract. So it was so it's been great. Like, you know, social media is a great thing. It's you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. Yes. So now we have to talk about the latest um, viral craze when Oprah Winfrey, the <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, came to your pharmacy and you guys collaborated on a wellness event. So how did that happen? Like, we, her team reached out to you. How are you feeling? Like, what? Tell us. <laughs> like, first, first, let me tell you this. Okay. So first of all, you guys, you know, you guys have to come to our black tie event coming up and it's always the last Saturday in, in September. Okay. And um, we have a wellness fair that day. And then that evening we have a black tie for our foundation. Well, so this past September, 2019, we held a wellness fair. On that same day, Oprah was coming to town to talk at a scholarship luncheon, the Myers Angelou scholarship luncheon. And we were saying like, oh my God, we're going to have no one in our wellness fair. Everyone's going to try to go see Oprah. You know, this is going to be crazy. Oh. So, but of course that didn't happen because <laughs> it was a ticket event and, you know, people, you had to have a ticket to go see Oprah. So you wasn't going to see her. So, um, but, you know, my friend, one of my best friends, he was the other person that was very influential into starting the pharmacy as well. It was him and my best friend, Tamara. She's also a pharmacist. So Ken and Tamara were two people that I bounced a lot of ideas off of during that phase of the pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Well, he and he can serve as our foundation president. And, you know, of course, I'm freaking out about like the wellness fair, probably going to have low attendance, you know, whatever. And I think his way of comforting me was to say, you know, well, what if Oprah stops by the wellness fair? So, you know. <laughs> This is just, you know, funny, like, um, like, okay. And I, I just like, you know, I take it and receive it because I know he's just trying to stop me from freaking out because anybody who's ever worked with me knows that, you know, like when I'm trying to do something, I'm trying to do it, I'm going all in. Right. Well, um, the crazy thing is like after that whole weekend happened with the wellness fair and our black tie and stuff, we're exhausted. Like, you know, I just hosted 17 family members at my house. Like, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting in the office going through invoices from the weekend, and someone comes in and say, there's someone on the phone from WW and the Oprah tour or, or something like that. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, who, who is this? Like, you know, because, you know, you guys, we get so many phone calls at the pharmacy, like both related to pharmacy, unrelated to pharmacy, <laughs> just <laughs> random calls, crazy calls, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's hilarious. But so I'm like, like, who is this? Like, you know, let me get the phone. And so as I'm talking on the phone, I'm like, 
this is this is crazy. As I start to talk, I realize that it is a legit call and everything. So they're like, don't get your hopes up. But this is just a vetting call for, you know, Oprah's WW, her 2020 vision tour sponsored by WW. And at that time, I'm like, who is WW, you know? <laughs> so right. um, basically, Weight Watchers was rebranding themselves. And they were now calling themselves WW. Right, exactly. So, so I'm talking to them. They're going through all, all these questions. And I can tell from the conversation that obviously they've already pulled a million articles from me, um, like from the internet. And mm-hmm. they've done their research. They're asking me these questions, but it's almost like they're just validating answers, you know? Mm-hmm. Then the call just kind of ends and says, like, well, all right, well, thank you. Um, you know, we will take this to the other producers and then we will contact you soon. And so, you know, months pass and then I get another call and it's kind of very similar. But this time, instead of one person being on the phone, it's about three people being on the phone. And mm-hmm. then after that, it's like, um, you know, I get a third call and they're like, okay, well, you know, we, we're going to be in the area and such and such. They want to come down. We want to meet, you know, you got, we want to meet you in person and come through and check out blah, blah, blah. But before that call happened, um, that visit happens, someone calls me and it's about a 30 second call and they're like, how do you feel about hosting the wellness fair? And I'm like, who's going to say no to Oprah? Um, <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, even though I haven't talked to her or, you know, I'm so far removed from her at this point, I'm like, uh, Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, host the wellness fair. But um, so the event was on the 17th of the event was on the 17th of, of January. And I would say on the 7th, around the 7th, I got a phone call that basically said, well, these are the details. So at that point, I knew that I would be doing something with them, but I wasn't sure exactly what it was. It's not like I could really do any planning or anything like that. Mm-hmm. However, about 10 days before the event kicked off, I was told that we're actually going to do the wellness fair and it's going to be from this time to this time. And, you know, we're going to partner with Weight Watchers and the Oprah tour. And, you know, so I call our event planner, I bring her in and mind you, like my team did not know Oprah would actually come Mm -hmm. to the event, but we kind of knew that she would come to the event due to the fact that we had been following the tour at that point and seeing that she had come to some pre events. However, me personally, I didn't know, I, I knew she was coming to the Mm-hmm. Um, because they were shooting. So so we had about 10 days to put the event together. It was at an odd time so that we could control the crowd and everything. And we, the morning of, there's a ton of camera crew there. We're like in the zone trying to like put, like get everything together and everything. Mm-hmm. Our event planner was amazing and everything. And then we start to get, no one knows that Oprah's coming for sure, except for myself. And they got me with this like earpiece on the whole entire time. <laughs> so everything that I say or do is being recorded going forward and you know my mom is here uh my friends are here like everyone's running up to me they're talking about you know all these issues and you know all this stuff and like you know and I'm just like oh this is crazy (laughs) so um then I'm these escalates are all pulling up like you know oh that's not Oprah oh that's just more media people that's not this that's not that you know so when she came it was amazing it was one of the most amazing moments ever because she like she just did whatever she wanted to do she was like so like um she was so cool she was she's all about like energy and like you know love and Mm. it was just an amazing experience because I mean like everything that we I had went over with the producers on what we were going to do, how I was going to show her around. She grabbed my hand and we just went to the middle of the dance floor and we just started dancing. And 
<laughs> all the, you know, the, the patients and the attendees and everything, they were able to take pictures with her. And it was just a really, it was an amazing moment. And we made our way to the stage. We spoke to the crowd and everything. And she was just like so present. And at this moment, I'm still thinking to myself, like, because of how produced, you know, they were making me or wanting me to do Mm-hmm. the event of course because they're filming I was thinking to myself like I wonder if you know someone's going to feed her some stuff through her earpiece and like you know she's going to say you know hey Dr. Prince uh, whatever I can always tell because the person usually says my first name wrong I mean it's easy to me mm-hmm. Marquez you know but you know it's, <laughs> it's like but it never fails like anytime there's something big they always mispronounce my first so I'm like hmm <laughs> so I'm at this I'm on stage I'm like this is that moment. But when Oprah said, when she introduced me or thanked me for hosting the event and she started to talk to me, I then knew that this was just all Oprah. She was just like, she was very uh, aware as to what was going on. She was so in tune as to who I was. She knew way more than I even could possibly tell you guys right now. Mm -hmm. Like she was very aware as to who I was. And she really is all about educating the public and about empowering them. And it was just, it was, an, it was a magical moment. And it's like when people say, well, why, or how could you remain so calm during that time? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you were there, you would understand. Like she's so calming, so peaceful that you would understand. Wow, you know? that but, is amazing. Um, but yeah, she was like, she was, she was really cool. And we had a, a chef at the event, DJ, like everything. And she, you know, went by to taste the food and we went into the pharmacy, but inside the pharmacy, only myself, my staff and media was allowed in there. But some very encouraging words to myself, you know, she. And that's what we wanted to know too. Like, what do you <laughs> want to share? What encouraging words does she have for you? Yeah, she she really just, once again, like as she talked and as she did her, her interviews, because like we had a ton of media inside the pharmacy. And the first myself, like how proud she was of me. And she actually mm-hmm. said that she felt like I was her son. And I said, well, I, I received that. I could be your son, okay? <laughs> I know that's why she need a daughter because I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, you know, she was, like, you know, so she was so, so amazing. Um, she even introduced me to her godson, Tyler, who, once again, this is just, like, how she operates. So her purpose of bringing him was she wanted me to share with him the importance of giving back and community service and everything. So she wanted a Black brother to share with another Black brother, like, you know, like why that's so important. And it was just like, it, it, was, it was an amazing experience. And she felt like one of the things that she stated to the news media was that she felt like our healthcare system that we had developed at Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center was a model for the country. And wow. she endorsed us with that. And of course, that's one of the biggest things I've been talking about in all of the interviews and media that I've been doing is what we do exactly with our affordable health care and our extra mile of patient care. But that was definitely one of the things But she wanted to definitely tell me that she was proud of me and that um, she wanted me to keep going and that she thought what I was doing was amazing. And to have the courage to to actually step out there and go against all odds was, you know, um, was, was amazing. 
Wow, that is that is so cool and and just an absolutely amazing day that I know that you will never forget. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, and just like you were saying about philanthropy, that's very important to you, giving back to your community. And you also have the Premier Foundation of North Carolina. So, can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, through the Premier Foundation of North Carolina, we've given back over $100,000 in services and scholarships to date. So we opened in 2015 simultaneously with the pharmacy. And basically, it was the the official nonprofit arm of Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center. And it was designed so that I could continue to carry out my community efforts um, in a way that did not affect business and the service that we're able to offer at Premier Pharmacy. Mm -hmm. So the Premier Foundation allows us to go even further by basically having a a separate organization that a 501c3 that can receive grants and do their own projects. It has a separate board in which I'm the chairman of, and we, we do those projects. We always partner together for our wellness fair that we do. We host a annual scholarship luncheon in June where we present students with scholarships and last year, all of the students' recipients received iPads in addition to their scholarship. Um, we also, um, we host our Black Tie fundraiser. That fundraiser is where we partner with the community partners and we collect funds in order to carry out our projects that we're doing throughout the year. Um, we host um, mental health seminars. The foundation's goal is to basically provide resources to the underserved to help level the playing field. Yes, we love it. Yes, yeah. thank you so much. It's, Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, also, like, when Oprah was visiting, I would just like to say, like, her team was, like, so amazing. I actually, because I knew that Oprah was coming, I invited, I had invited eight of my family members, well, seven of my family members, it was eight, including myself, but I flew them up to, uh, for the weekend, because I wanted to host an appreciation weekend for them. Because my 2020 goal was to be more intentional. I wanted to uh, make sure everything that I was doing, I wanted to be more present in the moment. And so crazy that that was my 2020 goal before I even knew that Oprah was coming. But um, when I found out that Oprah was coming, it allowed me to go ahead and to extend that to them. And they all said yes. And I got them flights to come up here and everything. But her team accommodated my whole entire family when we went to the um, actual tour that next day and Oprah was amazing again they shared some of the footage that we shot that Friday at the tour mm-hmm. and um, so she gave us uh, she gave me and my staff a huge shout out at the tour and of course that even opened up even more doors for us for people that wasn't at the wellness fair or that may not be on social media but that did go to see Oprah I mean you have, you're talking about 15,000 people you know wow. at that point um, at the arena all you know, watching Oprah and her endorsing us as um, a model for healthcare. Yeah, oh my, come on, Dr. Prince, you just, you better use your gifts, okay? (laughs) See, that's what I'm talking about when you are walking in purpose, okay? Yes, you have truly (laughs) used your gift to walk in purpose, and I think that's truly amazing, and your foundation your pharmacy, you have truly united the community and served as a bridge to health, social, and economic gaps in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. So big kudos to you. And as like one of the quotes I wanted to quote you on, it's like one of the quotes Oprah is famous for saying is, I am where I am because of the bridges that I cross. So Journal Truth was a bridge. 
Harriet Tubman was a bridge. Ida B. Wells was a bridge. Madam C.J. Walker was a bridge. Fannie Lou Hamer was a bridge. And you, Dr. Prince, are a bridge to many pharmacists that will cross. So well, just thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for being amazing. I, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. And it means a lot to me. And this year, like I said, me being more intentional with what's going on in my life, because a lot of individuals, as you can know, with owning a pharmacy, you're, you're sometimes stretched thin. You know, mm-hmm. and I tell individuals that if you've been following me, like on social media, like I, I went to go visit my brother in October. No, I'm sorry, November. And my little brother, one of my favorite people in the world, he turned 30 this year. And I did not realize he turned 30. I'm thinking in my head, he's still 28. <laughs> and that's because I, I like, I pretty much lost like two years of, you know, just being active and indulging in the world. But I would say thank you know, I'm so thankful for everything. So thankful for all the opportunities, like even with the um, encounter with Oprah, it's been, um, you know, so amazing. And I'm thankful for being able to have that moment. And I think that, you know, when you put in the work, you, things come back to you. And it's always about intention. Individuals tell me like, I never in a million years would have thought that Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center would be the organization in which it is today. You know, um, if you look at our logos, it's just those two P's with the um, mortar and pestle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because our first original name was just Premier Pharmacy. And as I was filling out the articles of incorporation, I added in Wellness Center there. And I added that in Wellness Center for the possibility and the opportunity of being more. And I tell individuals, sometimes you have to just like see the or believe in the bigger picture and so even when you are a you know smaller company or you have a smaller platform even if you put in the same energy and effort that you would if you were you know black enterprise or the baller alert blogs or whatever it is if you put in that same energy and drive you too will end up there one day and i think that that's extremely important i tell individuals regardless of how small or larger platform is, you always want to give it your all. Yes, yes, yes. Now, where can our listeners find and connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest way to find me is at drmartezprince.com. If you go there, you can actually visit my pharmacy, which is Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center. Um, You can visit the foundation, which is Premier Foundation of North Carolina. You can also learn more about Premier Enterprise, which is a consulting company in which I run that is allowing individuals to discover their dreams and to open up possibilities through pharmacy ownership and entrepreneurship. That's truly so, amazing. Yep. So you can definitely follow me. Um, go to the website. Um, my Instagram handles are there as well. Dr. Martez Prince. I'm on Instagram, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Martez Prince. I like connecting with you guys. And I'm sorry I don't get to answer a lot of questions that come in via direct message. It's just, uh, it's just a lot. Yes, <laughs> to, yes. To you're very do. busy. You're booked and yes. busy. So we got to understand that. Booked and busy. <laughs> so yes. that is good. So now is the time of our podcast. We'd like to give our listeners a word of advice, some wisdom, encouragement. So it's time for our jewel of the day, Dr. Prince. Can you leave our listeners with an inspirational quote? Um, that, help, that have helped you along your life journey? Well, this one is not necessarily more so a quote, but it's just something that I kind of like live by uh, when it comes to journeys in general. And it is, you will never be able to see the whole road before you start journey. At each bend, darkness will appear due to the unknown, but you will never know what truly 
what's truly there until you actually start. And this is to say to individuals that when you start your journey, if you just look down that path, remember that there's going to be some twists and turns and everything. And from where you're standing right now, you just see darkness. However, once you get closer to it, you get a better picture as what a better picture as to what's going on on that journey. But you'll never know what is around that bend until you actually start on your own journey. And when I was doing this and started Premier Pharmacy and Wellness Center, yes, I did see some, you know, obstacles and everything like that. However, as I was traveling that journey, I was able to pick up momentum that was able to that I was able to overcome those obstacles. I was able to pick up resources that was going to allow me to, you know, overcome those obstacles. So, but you have to keep moving. You have to start the journey if you're going to go through. Yes, thank you so much, Dr. Prince, for sharing that encouraging word with us and for coming onto our platform. Like, you are definitely someone that I wanted to have from the very beginning when we were in the process of creating this podcast. So, you are really like practically a part of my dream coming true. So, it is truly been an honor and a great pleasure speaking with you today. Well, thank you, guys, for have, actually for having me, for allowing me to come onto the podcast and to just, um, it, it's been fun. Um, it's been, um, it's definitely, I, I, love, I love podcasts like this, like where, um, you know, it's not so scripted and everything, but yes. um, I've enjoyed sharing the journey with you guys. Um, I say, you know, keep going, um, keep up the great work. I look forward to um, hearing from other uh, guests that you have on the podcast. Thank you. So guys, that is the end of our show. Just remember that you write your own prescription to your life. Don't forget that sharing is caring. So tell your colleagues and your friends to come join in on all of this fun. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PharmD Unscripted so you can interact with us, leave feedback, share your stories, and all that goodness that social media has to offer. Well, until next time, we will see you later.